and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 124. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me in the studio today, we have another guest, Kendall Tiru. Hey. So as the audience can probably gather from the title of this episode, we're going to be discussing the popularity of podcasts, and not necessarily this one, but the medium and why it's taken off, why people are interested in podcasts these days more so than in the past, and also our personal appreciation and fascination with podcasts. So as an opening question for you, I'm really curious to know where you started and what podcasts got you into the medium. Well, honestly, Kip, I think that NPR was what first spiked my interest in podcasting through the podcast Serial. And I think that this might have been the start for many people. But I happened upon Serial when driving home one day after work. And it just caught me really off guard because I've never heard a story set up the way that Serial was. It wasn't really a commitment to the story. When I was listening to NPR, you can kind of half be there and half not. And it's kind of like a one hour commitment a week. Really, if you have a general interest in something, listening to a podcast is probably the easiest way to learn about it because all you need to do is tune in and have a little bit of time. Well, to me, that's a really interesting comment to make because I think with many stories, especially some of the more complex stories that people tell, listener or audience attention is really important in comprehending all of the intricacies of those narratives. For example, Harry Potter is more than simply a boy's fight against evil. There's numerous characters and betrayals, etc. And I don't remember Harry Potter all that well, but to follow it, you would need to be paying a certain degree of attention. So I find it very interesting that you say it isn't that much of a mental investment, although maybe I misunderstand. But I do definitely agree that a small weekly commitment is not that hard to make. And I do think that's what people appreciate about podcasts, as well as the freedom to listen whenever you would like. And you said you were driving when you first heard of Serial? Yeah, no, I was driving. But I guess what you said about having the mental investment, for me, it's more podcasting is so accessible that I can do it when I'm driving or when I'm running and I can be looking at different things or, you know, in the back of my mind, having other things kind of going on, but somewhat tuned out of those. But it's more the ability to just sit back and listen as opposed to, you know, having a conversation where you have to be fully invested, making eye contact or, you know, in a lecture where you're supposed to listen to somebody kind of like going on and on about one topic. It's nice to listen because it's so informal, especially with podcasts also like, you know, TED Talks, where it's about every topic you can imagine, but it's just another person. It could be somebody particularly famous or not. Somebody just thinking about something beautiful that they wanted to share. It feels very informal to me. And so I love listening to them. When you talk about how informal it is, do you think you appreciate that more because you've had degrees of formal education and other aspects of learning and growing up as a young adult that are not quite so informal in the lessons they've taught you? Oh, absolutely. I think that I learn best in informal atmospheres. And that's why I've chosen to pursue podcasting for the format of my undergraduate research in Munich, Germany about beer gardens. I've read so many anthropological papers, that is my major anthropology, where I can't even understand what they're talking about. There's so much jargon used and it's so complicated in in the nature of it. I can't even follow and I study it most of the time. So I think that podcasting is a way to informally introduce topics that people might be afraid of beforehand because it seems too big, too much to understand in just a small amount of time. I really like that. And I think to a degree, whether you understand the concepts being discussed in more analytical or informative podcasts, 
I would contend that the sound of a human voice in and of itself is soothing and can help orient the individual to a degree because it's recognizable in the same way that whales respond to whale song. The human voice in its complex varieties of speech and song and various rhythms and tones is at its core the sound that we all make or the series of sounds. And so I feel that's one of the appeals of podcasting and radio in general, that you are able to carry someone else's voice or several voices with you wherever you are. And simply being able to hear that I find very relaxing. For example, I know that I, as well as others, fall asleep listening to podcasts. And I suspect that is because it's so familiar and relaxing that I'm not listening to very violent sounds or strange sounds that I can't identify. They are human voices that are also speaking my language of English, so it's very familiar in a lot of ways. Have there been podcasts that you've listened to that branch out from what you're usually in tune with or drawn to? Absolutely. Lately, I've been listening to a podcast called Lore, which is the most horror that I can handle at this time of my life. It just explores folklore from around the world, but it's especially creepy. It's also very informative and it kind of makes me feel like I'm relating to other cultures around the world that I probably would never have heard of before. If I had not heard this blurb from Aaron Menke about a tale from 200 years ago or something like that. But you said something earlier. I think that there's, for me, a difference between listening to podcasts and how soothing and informative, informal and relatable that is to me versus listening to audible books. I think that audiobooks for some reason put me off where maybe the reader does different voices for different characters or something about the way that it's set up to me feels very rigid and I don't feel like I connected the story. But because the podcasts that I listen to deal more with conversations like this one or about stories that one person is narrating as opposed to, you know, taking the role of many different characters, podcasting is more relatable to me. I completely agree, and I feel that even more structured podcasts are still discursive in a lot of ways, and they add commentary. For example, Stuff You Should Know, one of the most popular podcasts of all time, has two hosts, Josh and Chuck, who examine various topics similar to the way we do in this show, although with more research oftentimes. But they have various interludes and exchange banter periodically throughout those episodes, which I know some people hate and others like. And I've often wondered to what extent podcasts represent a paradigm shift in the way that people learn and consume information. Because to be honest, I think on some level I might prefer a podcast to an equivalent text that I had to read or consume. And not because I dislike reading, but as I've said earlier, the human voice to me carries something very ethereal in the way that text doesn't always. And also that audio recording is such a young medium, I feel a stronger connection to it than something that has existed for thousands of years. Although I also have a very complex and positive relationship with text itself. And in my case, because I'm an English speaker with English text. But in this discussion of where podcasts have come from, Do you have any predictions or even hopes as to where podcasts might go in the future? You know, I really hope to see a lot more academic podcasts in the world only because, again, I've said this earlier in this episode, but I think it's so relatable. I'm also listening currently to a podcast called Philosophize This, and I love philosophy, but every time that I sit down with a text, Aristotle, Confucius, Nietzsche, I can't actually completely understand and it takes me more than a few weeks to get through what I wanted to get through because I really just don't have the attention span to keep reading it at the level that I think it needs to be read to be understood. 
However, the host there takes it apart for you and has, again, this kind of banter aspect to it with himself even. There's something about the academic world that is so frightening to me, and I would really like to see it become more relatable because I guess it might be the point in my mind, any sort of research or written novels, work, music, anything that's meant to be understood, I think should be accessible to everyone and not just those who study other academic areas. Definitely. And there's a number of things in there that I'd like to unpack, first of which the idea of being frightened by certain texts or certain approaches to academia. And you're definitely not alone in that. I don't know if others in your camp, and I'm often there as well, would articulate it so carefully. But I do think that we live in a world where education has become stigmatized and most people, children especially, but even adolescents and young adults, don't often seem to enjoy the process of education. It's seen as a seemingly endless set of stairs on your way to get a job and maybe start a family, etc., and follow that rather tried and true path of the life that you are going to lead. But I think education's original purpose was to expand the mind and make the individual more powerful as an intellect. And we've really fallen away from that in making education boring or scary or inaccessible or irrelevant to some people, because I know plenty of people our age who find that Shakespeare or similarly antiquated texts are not as relatable because the characters are doing things or saying things that people nowadays simply would not. And I think podcasts represent an excellent opportunity to, one, democratize that learning process, because many podcasts try to include listener input and say, well, this is what they wanted us to discuss, so this week we're going to discuss this. And we did some research on it because it was requested of us. And similarly, the process of making podcasts, if you're in education and you're a student, is a really great one. I wish I had been introduced to this project years ago because it's given a focus to my education in a lot of ways and has helped me to feel like there's a purpose to what I'm learning because I can share it with other people who might not have and also can try to apply it to my own thinking process out loud in real time with those listening. And when you mention this relationship between education and podcasts, Do you envision a more interconnected framework between the two in which not only professors or teachers, but the student side of education is responsible for producing podcasts? I don't know that I necessarily think that it will become super academic based, but I do imagine at the rate that podcast popularity is growing, I think that we're just going to see a lot more of different kinds of podcasts come about and hopefully academic in nature as many of them already are. I use NPR almost always as my example because they have a lot of different segments and almost all of them have become podcast clips. You can find them on iTunes, you can find them all over the internet. But I wanted to go back to something that you were saying earlier. I've been a follower of your podcast for a long time now and I just kind of want to know what was your goal at the beginning of this? Was it to kind of open dialogue or was it sharing academic ideas or why did you get into it? Well, now I'm trying to recall what Hector and I said in episode one. And for listeners currently listening, you can go back and double check what I'm saying now. But under my interpretation, the original goal was to open dialogue largely through topics we didn't feel were often discussed. And as the show has developed, I've noticed that certain topics that we as hosts or guests don't feel are discussed are those in academia. So there will be certain topics from readings that I've had or others have had that we find worthy of discussion. And I think that my connection to academia through this show is not that there's always a correct answer, but that discussion is worthwhile, research is worthwhile. And furthermore, in the simultaneous process of learning, I think there's always that paradox 
where you realize how little you really know. And increasingly, as you learn more, I often feel that I seem to know even less because every new question or answer opens several more doors in its place of things that I hadn't even considered and connections that I had not yet considered that I would like to try and someday explore. And in branching from our podcast now to others, we have a very conversational format. Many people are into narrative-based podcasts or audio dramas, which I find very interesting, fictions that people have written explicitly for audio. And one question I have related to lore, as I've only listened to a few episodes, what do you think works in lore's format and the production quality? And how do you think that the idea of horror translates to audio as opposed to a film or TV show? I think other than the captivating topic of horrible things that have happened throughout history, lore is written by somebody who writes books. So when I listen to it, at least, I feel like it has the flow of a story, but also he hesitates a lot and kind of welcomes the audience back in now and then with a question or a very small joke, which for me works really well because, again, it always brings the attention back to us, the listener, the one that is supposed to understand at the end. Whereas, again, bringing it back to academia, you can't really relate the same way. I mean, Maybe if I could read a textbook that stopped every few minutes to make a pun or stopped every few minutes to check in with me and make sure that I was still listening or understood everything that was happening, it would be different. I did want to ask you how you feel this kind of conversational format for a podcast works. This is my first time recording with you and I'm a wreck over here. I'm like totally nervous. We stop every few seconds so that I can catch my breath. But have you found that it mostly works for the people that you're recording with? Is it as productive as a normal conversation for you or as informative? I really love that question because it's very meta in the sense that I have to now think about how we've recorded and what it's been like. I have felt that it is very natural in a lot of ways because to me it is just a recorded conversation and you and various other guests and of course Caroline Hector and I have all shared for the most part that we attended at one point Kenyon College where these types of conversations to me feel very natural and frequent. So all that I think we have done is put microphones in front of people who already had articulate or interesting or nuanced things to say. And as a format, I think that it works because despite what a lot of people anticipate, I don't feel that individuals behind the mics in a conversational podcast are expected to be correct in the sense that it is a back and forth. It's very subjective. And if I were ever a solo host, I do think that I might have to feel more informed about certain topics because A, there's no one there to back me up or contrast what I'm saying with other facts or information. And B, I don't think an audience wants to hear one person's opinion because it's not quite the same as hearing the flow of a conversation and the products, which don't belong to either of the two contributors, but both in equal measure, hopefully. And I've really enjoyed the format. I haven't found it to be very unnatural, but I also know that I can be very verbose and feel comfortable whether I should or not talking out loud. I know that a number of people who are more introverted or like to think about their words more carefully have felt nervous behind these microphones. So maybe I can't say that it's for everyone, but I've often felt that everyone deserves a voice. And for me, that's one of the beauties of the medium, that for relatively little money, you can start a podcast and broadcast your thoughts, your feelings, and ultimately containing both of those two things, your voice. And everyone deserves that opportunity in an increasingly global world and in an increasingly connected world. 
as somebody who's just starting to get into podcasting, the idea of voicing all of my opinions into a microphone in this room that then later all these people will one day hear. It's a little scary and it makes me second guess my own opinions. Bringing it back to academia, we both went to Kenyan College. And I feel that I'm a whole lot better at picking apart other people's opinions than voicing my own. So I was especially nervous coming here because how do you open dialogue today without that kind of fear on your shoulders, you know, without worrying that you might say something that might offend somebody or might say something that's inaccurate? Do you ever feel that kind of way? Absolutely. I've had that thought very frequently and I've had to try and remind myself that I'm not always going to be right and that's okay. And we live in a world where I don't think we combat that pressure to dare to be wrong on occasion and hear back from people who are hopefully respectful and articulate as to why you are wrong. And at the end of the day, especially with certain high profile topics that are very sensitive I've tried to remind myself that maybe I wasn't correct and perhaps I did offend some people, but I'm hopeful that they will identify that that was never my intention and also that I'm not going to fault myself or other people for trying. And at least I attempted to participate in and expand a larger, hopefully public, conversation about blank and that at the end of the day, I'm proud of having tried to do that, hopefully with success in some cases, whether it's true in most or not. But I think it's also been an exercise in resisting the anonymity culture that we have on the internet where so many people are so brave and bold when it comes to posting things either anonymously or behind a static image. And although they are edited, these are my and other people's words. And I think that on occasion, or in the case of this show weekly, it's important to Put yourself up for public debate to a degree because people will scrutinize you, but hopefully they do so in a way that helps you grow and also that you can respond to and say, I hadn't even thought of that. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I think podcasting for me is so beautiful because it is a very communal art form. And I'd like to know if you feel similarly or if you think there are ways in which it could be more communal. Well, I think that to a degree, it's not completely communal in the sense that whereas anyone can pick up a camera and, you know, make a funny short video and it's very relatable, podcasting takes a lot of effort. You can throw together a podcast and record essentially anything that you'd like, whether that be jokes to banter to, you know, stories, but it's not as simple as that. The editing process, the getting it on the internet process, I think it's just, it's a difficult, more complex process that I think those who are motivated will absolutely get it done and find ways to do it. But I don't think that we're going to be seeing kids picking up podcasting anytime soon. But earlier you asked me where I thought podcasting might be going. Do you see it taking any dramatic turns or any increase or decrease in popularity? Well, it is always hard to predict something when you don't know what the field of radio and podcasting will look like or what our world will look like in the future. But I'm hopeful that we see more occupational recordings, so to speak, whether people dub them as podcasts or not, because former presidents have a lot to say about the country we live in and the world that they've observed. And I would love it if they had a weekly or a fortnightly podcast on just random thoughts they've had. Similarly, in the same way that TV shows have explored very unique, dangerous, or just fascinating jobs, I would love it if more independent workers in such fields of work decided to record either their thoughts or very descriptive experiences in their places of work. I know nothing about the mining industry, and I suspect there are some very interesting stories there, as well as any other industry you can think of. 
And so I hope that more people begin to think of not necessarily stories in a traditional sense, but the broader narratives that all of us can relate to or find interesting. Because again, in whatever direction you take your life, there are still fundamental human aspects, like the voice that I'd mentioned earlier, that we can all relate to. And finally, as space travel becomes increasingly more popular for humanity and even more viable in terms of our survival as a species, I would love it if more recordings were made, regardless of production value, in order to transmit certain information and store it on the internet where anyone with access could download, listen, and in the case of a podcast, maybe share their thoughts with the creators. And before we close this episode, what are some things that you would like the listeners to think about after hearing this discussion? I hope that people walk away from not only this episode of your podcast, but from most episodes thinking about something different and mostly just opening dialogue of their own. I know that it's been my personal goal this year to skip small talk and kind of jump straight into questions like this and most of the topics that you deal with and open conversation among everyone. What you just said about the internet and all of the possible storage of recordings and information is horribly frightening, but hopefully will happen because it kind of seems like the world is headed that way. So I hope that listeners or supporters of this podcast think about how they can contribute their own thoughts, even if they think that they may not be worth much time. I'm certain that they are. I agree. I would also like listeners to think about podcasts that they enjoy, because if you're listening to this, chances are it's not your first podcast. And we would love to hear what you have enjoyed in other shows. Countless people have listened to Serial, but there are other popular ones as well. And you can check out our website because we do have a page for podcast recommendations, which we add to all the time and would love listener suggestions. But for those who do listen to podcasts pretty regularly, what do you look for and what do you enjoy? What do you think is the mark of a great podcast? And what indicates to you that maybe a podcast is not so well produced or interesting or engaging? And for those who may only listen to this podcast, whether they are friends of ours or relatives who have checked in because they saw the link, has this conversation piqued any interest in you to perhaps check out podcasts in the future or anything related to the medium of podcasting? And if so, why? And Kendall, I want to thank you for coming on. It was really great to speak with you about all of this. And thank you so much for having me. Of course, happy to have you. But as ever, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between, because ours are only two voices in what will hopefully be a larger conversation. So if you have thoughts, comments, opinions, or feedback of any kind, please reach out to us. You can connect with us on Twitter or on Facebook, where if you like our page, you'll receive weekly updates when we post new episodes. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to and reviewing the show, as well as recommending it to a friend you think might benefit from or enjoy this conversation. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.